today, you know, this is, I'm sure it's like me, one of my better ones. I had three retreats this week for our students, and I did my What More Could He Do For You talk on Thursday, which completely made me lose everything. And then I had to give a talk Friday, give a talk yesterday. I got to give a talk tonight on the Holy Spirit out at St. Boniface. We have tech today, and so I'm losing it slowly. But each talk, of course, I've had to put a different talk together. Now, I don't know if you think that's real easy to do. It's not. <laughs> so just so you're wondering when I'm giving you this talk, today we're going to go to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 21, which is not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Matthew chapter 21, verse 33 and following. The parable of the tenants. And this is what we're going to spend our time on today. If you go there, when you come to the Word of God, he's trying to teach us something, a couple different things. The first thing he's yelling, of course, he's yelling at the Pharisees who refuse to believe in him, and he gives his own prophecy that they will kill him. You know, that they are going to go, the Father sent his Son, who is Jesus, and these people who he sent them to will not receive him and kill him. And sometimes in our own life, that's true that we don't want to receive Christ in this particular image of my life. You know, we want Christ to be, again, in charge of all of our life except for this part and this part and this part. Lord, you're in charge of my spiritual life, but you're not in charge of my sexual life. Lord, you're in charge of my spiritual life, but stay out of my money. Lord, you're in charge of uh, uh, my spiritual life, but stay out of my family. I'm in charge of that. And we take these things and we have, this is what God can have, and the rest of it's mine. But see, in the parable of the tenants, don't you know, it's all his, of course. And we are the tenants to our bodies, to our lives, to ourselves, to our money, to our property, to everything we have. We are tenants because it all belongs to God. Primarily, fundamentally, that got to be it. Our relationship with Christ cannot be something we do for an hour and a half on Sunday and say, look, I go to Mass, ain't I wonderful? That has nothing to do with it. That's a pagan. One who has a relationship with Christ builds everything on Christ, and he is, thus becomes, the cornerstone. It is Jesus on which everything else is built. My first homily on, in seminary <laughs> was on this very gospel. And it was the first one we were being uh, videotaped on. I still have it on videotape. And as I was uh, going, and I remember this, because I remember how embarrassed I was, it was upstairs in a room, and we're being videotaped. And, you know, in those days, they wanted us to do props. You know, it's good to do props. It gets people's attention. Because your words, of course, I got I to gotta see in uh, homiletics. They hated my preaching style. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, the... Uh, Every time I did something, the, the guy just crucified me. just didn't like what I did. So here I go, and I'm, I have to talk on this reading, the gospel. And so I brought the props. Was the, you ever play the game Blockhead? There I do Blockhead. You know, it has these different coward wooden blocks in purple, green, yellow. And you've got to keep putting them on top of each other. And then finally, whoever puts the one, they have to, it has to stay balanced, the tower. And if you go and you put the one on top and it falls, everybody looks at you and goes, blockhead. <laughs> well, that's what I start saying. I said, blockhead, just like that. And then everybody started laughing. I started to laugh. And not just a little laugh. I mean, I completely lost control. I could not go on with the homily. 
because now I was so embarrassed. And I, was <laughs> and I said, turn the video off, turn the video off. And then the professor looks at me and says, blockhead. You know, and so it was one of these, one of these things. So I have like a aversion to this thing, and I can still remember how I was so embarrassed in that. But the reality, the point I was trying to make is that if we're not built on the cornerstone of Christ, we are blockheads. Huh? If Christ isn't that cornerstone which we build everything on, he must be the one I build my family life on. He must be the one I build my financial life on. He must be the one who I build my physical life on. He must be the one that is in charge of it all. And if someone was to come and pull out Christ out of my life, my whole life would fall apart. If someone came to you today and pulled Christ out of your life and just says, he's not real, we found his bones, he never rose, you're dumb, would your whole life fall apart? Everything. What in your life would not fall apart if Christ wasn't there? What in your life at this moment would not fall apart if Christ wasn't there? And if you go through your life and you think, yeah, my sexual life would be fine, my financial life would be fine, my uh, family life, everything would be fine without Christ, <laughs> then you and I got a long way to go. Because if we took out the cornerstone, everything should fall. So if I took Jesus out of any part of my life, it should fall. And if you sit there and say, well, yeah, that's true at home, Father. Now, of course, that doesn't work at, the, at, at, at my job, because Christ has no part of my job. <laughs> Excuse me, he must be the cornerstone of your work. Excuse me, he must be the cornerstone of everything. So just think for a moment what he would not, what would not fall apart if I took Christ out of it for you. Boom, let's take him out. Whatever would not fall apart, that's what you need to deal with. That is what you need to get on top of and say, Jesus, why aren't you the cornerstone of that part of my life? Because it's his. Everything got to be his. You know, the devil makes us think that we have our own. I'm in charge. You're not even in charge of your next breath. Get it now. God says, okay, you can take that next breath. Okay, I'll let you do that. He's totally in charge of absolutely everything. And you know when he's the cornerstone is when a day comes and he says, I'm taking that breath now. Come with me. Everything else falls apart. He's ultimately in charge. We have a fantasy in our mind when we don't think he's in charge of anything or we think we're in charge. So, first of all, to sit there and realize... What is he not the cornerstone of my life in? And then a good way to find out is let's look some more here in this gospel. You know, it says uh, 42, the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone or the keystone of the structure. It is the Lord who has done this, and thus we find it marvelous to behold. That what needs to happen is we need to give him authority because for Christ to be keystone and Lord and cornerstone, I need to give him that power. I just can't do it myself and say, okay, Lord, I, uh, yeah, I'll do this with you. It's something he does. And so you and I need to come before him and say, Lord, I'm giving you permission. I surrender my work to you. I surrender my job to you. I surrender my sexuality to you. I surrender my physical body to you. It's yours. May you be Lord of it. May you be in charge of it. May you be the cornerstone of which I build everything else on. And the way we can tell whether that's really true is by the fruit. Huh? Let's go on. 
Because he says, For this reason I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will yield a rich harvest. That everything God has given to you and me, he gave us to produce fruit abundantly. Abundantly. That my life should be producing abundant fruit for who? For Jesus, because it's his. So again, now i got to look at my life and say, what does the fruit of my life bear fruit for? Why do I bear fruit? What is everything I get? Am I producing fruit for God? Am I producing fruit only for my company? Am I producing fruit for my family only? Am I producing fruit for me only? It's all God's. And he says, I will take it away from you, and I will give it to someone who will produce fruit for me. So everything that you and I have, again, we've talked about it when we talk about the gifts. Every gift you have has been given to you by God so you can bear fruit abundantly for him, for the body of Christ, the church. That the whole purpose of my life and your life, as I talked about yesterday with the discipline of the Father, is to give away my life, to produce fruit for God for other people. Is Jesus Christ the cornerstone of your life? You produce fruit for him or for you. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.